and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. There we go. It's the Brad and Brit cast. It's our first one for this week and usually uh uh when we do one on mondays we don't we don't have a lot of material we don't have a lot of comedy we don't have any content and we've no creativity so you're taking a chance by hanging with us here we hope you'll give us an opportunity it's on you yeah yeah, yeah. uh let, let's start with a little little fun fun sound here from uh this is the junior senator from Texas, uh, Ted Cruz. And over the weekend, there was uh, something called the uh, Faith and Values Bullshit Summit, one of those kind of things in Florida, in Tampa. Right. Right. And uh, I should probably put up some, some actual video of this because those events that they do, are more and more taking on the characteristics of what you think you remember from seeing old black and white film of Nazi rallies uh, and the Wizard of Oz rolled into one, you know, where they'll have like 20 things of smoke and fire coming up around the stage to bring people on as they come mm-hmm. on. And then there's a huge screen behind them so it kind of looks like the the apple 1984 ad real creepy and and then the person walks out so uh so ted cruz walks out after the the smoke starts to to dissipate and here's the first thing that ted cruz ted cruz says to the fans well i'm ted cruz and my pronoun is kiss my ass that's what he said my pronoun is kiss my ass. It's a verb, and then it's a possessive. Never mind. You, you can't come back from that, can you, liberal, huh? No, that's God. it. I'm on the floor. I'm dead. <laughs> you are so – you are prone city. I just thought I'd uh, get the crowd warmed up with that one. That's our opening oh, act for it. I can see how his pronoun would be ass, followed by whole. I can see that, but I don't – you know, I really – Sure. Uh, all right. I got I got a list here. It's it's a good one. All right. Um, here you go. Uh, NFL streaming. Bruce fans are steaming. Run, Joe, run. No. Quit, Joe, quit. Uh, do editorials in big newspapers matter? Did they ever matter? Uh, do conservatives still make fun of Al Gore and his little climate obsession and the twilight of classic rock? Well, interesting. Um, is the NFL streaming and Bruce fans are steaming? Is that one story or is that two separate stories? It's two. It's two completely. Let's do the uh, Springsteen story because there's been a thing. Boy, just when you thought you couldn't get ripped off enough on ticket prices, this thing called uh, dynamic pricing rears its ugly head and manages to split you in two. Well, I I would call bullshit on this. Okay. I'm going to call bullshit on this because there has been de facto, or in fact it existed, but not by law or by actual um, uh, policy of, of companies, 
that sell tickets. But there's been de facto dynamic pricing almost forever. Mm. It's called scalping. Yeah. Okay. And it, 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 this, you would think from what's been said the last few days that up until now, you had a, an honest, clean shot at getting a really good ticket in a good spot for any fucking concert you ever wanted to go for a uh, fair, low. That may be. And Bruce Springsteen himself sat there with the yeah. people at Ticketmaster and said, how much can we fuck them for? You're being, a, you're, you're being a little hyperbolic. I understand where you're going, but you're being you're being a little hyperbolic. No, you're taking it to an extreme to, to illustrate a point. I understand. Didn't you have a bit one time where you, you on the radio where you talk about the most you ever paid to go to a game or something? And wasn't it a World Series game in Boston or something or a playoff game? What, what was that story? Uh, Britt, I think the amount we paid to go to the NBA finals is the most. I, uh, I, I can't yeah. remember. That's probably it. It, it might be. I, I, and I, I know 20 years ago, I was going to pay 900 apiece for Fiesta Bowl tickets, but they, uh, they rebated me uh, almost half of the price because they didn't have those tickets. And, and then they did have them, but they rebated me. So, I mean, I've, I've paid that much. But, but don't you, uh, but don't you think that – yeah, go ahead. Go, I want to hear what your point is. Well, here, here's my point. I'm reading columns about this. Here's a guy from New Jersey. Many jilted Bruce Springsteen fans are still fuming because the boss's 2023 U.S. concert dates went on sale last week. Prospective buyers were met with massive sticker shock. Floor seats skyrocketing to more than 4000 each retail due to the official Platinum Dynamic pricing model. So I, I went and looked on the Ticketmaster site. I'm registered. I'm a person on there. Wow. And I looked at Greensboro, a typical place that he's playing. It's not yeah. a tiny little nothing. It's a large arena. And and uh, the floor is divided into two different sections. If you want to be one of those morons, those slobbering pigs that wants to risk their life standing there to be right up against him. Oh, great. They're listed, they're listed at 1,500. <laughs> Thank you, Grand. Thank you, Grandpa. Slobbering morons. <laughs> Don't worry, Britt. I would have thought that when I was 40, 30, 20, or 15. You're a dummy that wants to get... I mean, how how many times do you have to hear Grandpa tell you about the Who concert? Which, by the way, was not people in the arena. It was people trying to get the fuck out of the arena. It was one time. It right. was once. Wait a minute. No, we've had people get killed in the last two years at concerts. Yes, What's but it's like, it's, it, it is still it's still a fairly rare occurrence. You're more likely in America to get shot at a Sprouts than you are going to a fucking concert. Let's not overstate that, shall we? Anyway, so it's fifteen hundred. To, to uh, be one of those enthusiastic fans who would like to be closer to their to their hero god, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> it's so unfair. Yeah, but getting... see, see, I mean, you know I'm full of shit here because I actually like Bruce Springsteen, but I'm pretending for a second here. <laughs> and then the rest of the floor seats behind are actual seats, and uh, they're only uh, five or $600. They're not any more than, than the lower bowl, which... Uh, the, the price of those is between five and eight hundred. If you want to sit in the top deck, yeah. that's about half the number of seats. It's two, three hundred. That's what's listed on the ticket, and then, then you pay the fees and the rest. Now, so two but, tickets that look like they cost two hundred each, you end up paying five hundred and sixty dollars. I, I know that we get that. But that's, you, not, that's not any different than anything else out there right but now. On yeah. the whole, you can't in any way really defend what 
Ticketmaster and Live Nation have done over the years. You can't in any way, on the whole, in general, 10,000-foot view, you can't. These people are, I, I don't want to use the term rapist, but sure. I mean, they're, they're horrible, awful people that really offer no service whatsoever, and they just dis continue to use business practices that should have been outlawed at least 40 years ago. I mean, oh, you do oh, agree with that. Office. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But, but to, uh, my point is to suddenly decide this is the moment. Well, this is uh, the one. Because, hey, you know, how stupid are you? Oh, but Bruce Springsteen's a working man. He would understand. He's different. Oh, okay. fuck you people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> The guy's been a star for 50 years. Please don't pretend that, that he he's not. It's Pearl Jam, right? They were the guys that drew the line they years tried. ago. They tried. And they tried. They tried their best. And there, um, by the way, there were a lot of people out there go, yeah, go get them. Go get them. And there were a lot of artists doing that. And when it came time for them, you know, when the rubber hit the road, they were like, ooh, we're out. Sorry, you guys are on your own. Well, but, but when Pearl Jam did that, was that about 15 years ago? 20, 20 years ago, maybe? No, it's been 20, like 27. Okay. Between then and now, the economics of music are 10,000 times worse mm -hmm. in terms of the proportion of an artist's income that come from selling their music, uh, streaming, mm -hmm. CDs, whatever the hell, however people buy their music these days, versus live performance they basically make all their money from live performances and i'm not saying that bruce springsteen is going to be thrown out on the streets and won't be able to pay his rent or his car payment if he doesn't get four thousand per seat in front of him uh and, and you know he doesn't get that money and he's he doesn't get a cut it doesn't work that way i'm sure um i just think that it, it's out of proportion i mean i paid I remember what we paid to see Paul McCartney a couple months ago. I think it was about about 240, 250 a piece. Right. Uh, and you know, the seats were okay. And I, well, you know, that's just that's just the price of, uh, uh, of of. But you remember when when Eagle the Eagles? I remember. Oh yeah. Are, when yeah. they when it hit a hundred hundred dollars, that was the end of the world. Oh my God! There's no way. There's never that that was an outrageous amount. That was the Hell Freezes Over tour. And by the way, they should have never gotten back together. They would have been better off just going. I wish I would have saved this story because it's funny. We were my, my family, we were thinking about going to see a Raiders game in Nashville in September. And pretty good seats in Nashville are about 400 bucks. Uh -huh. Pretty good seats for a football game are $400. I say that to say this because ESPN did a great story about how inflation is uh, kicking up uh, the price of concessions at Major League Baseball parks. It's it's a really good one, and like at 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 some of the parks, the cheapest you can get a soda is twenty dollars or twenty cents rather per ounce, twenty cents per ounce, which gives you a thirty six ounce soda if you're buying one of those at about seven dollars and twenty cents. You know which what? Is still, that that's be, terrible. Rick, that that would be a deal in Charlotte because I know I went to a Panthers game last year. Yeah, and my recollection was after is um, they don't sell you a thirty two ounce drink anymore for x you have to buy the empty cup for right. ten dollars or something that's it there's like no choice anymore so they they're actually worse if that's possible than what you described because what if i just want you know a, 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 you can't get it can't get a small anything These, so. this is a, they this is what it is right now um they said 
the average price of a hot dog. What do you think the average price of a hot dog at all 30 major league parks is right now, Brad? Ooh, uh, I'll say seven bucks. You're not too far off. Six dollars and 33 cents. I think the cheapest. That's right. The home of your guardians, Cleveland, Ohio, four bucks and 50 cents. And uh, Sugardale has plenty of those dollar dog nights in Cleveland. And then you got places like Seattle where it's eight bucks, eight bucks for a, a standard issue hot dog. Yeah, Ballpark. If here's your, yeah, go ahead. No, but if 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 that's the difference, you know, this is like saying I'm not going to take a vacation this year because the price of gas to fill up my tank is going to cost me thirty two dollars more than it did a year ago. When you, fa- I mean, if you're if you're in the game, you got to be in the game. If I get that, but I, I I do understand that. But also these other places, how much can you screw the average guy? How much can you hose down the average guy and shake every fucking nickel out of his pocket, right? I'll just say this, and I I posted this earlier today on on Facebook. You just just have to do the math here because this can't go on forever, and you can can put this into the discussion about inflation and what inflation can do over time to a society, to an economy, to the planet that it, 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 it can't continually go in the direction that has been going not just i'm talking about the last year when inflation started to rocket around the world and in the united states but with ticket prices for instance i was able to find and i recalled and i nailed it down i got it right the date that i first saw bruce springsteen in columbus ohio which was um february i think 17th 1970, um, is it seven? Yeah, 1977. Uh, I couldn't find a, a, a ticket from that day, but I found one from Atlanta two weeks later. And the price on that ticket was $7.50. Okay, seven fifty to see Bruce Springsteen back in 1977 in, in major cities. Okay, so now the Bruce Springsteen ticket, the sta- let's just say the standard Bruce Springsteen ticket is for argument purposes, two hundred and fifty dollars, two fifty. Well, do the math on that. The math on that is it's at least that's about twenty-five times more, a twenty-five-fold increase uh-huh. in the ticket price. Well, if you take the ticket price now, two hundred and fifty, and do another twenty-five times. Over the next thirty or forty years, you'll have a ticket price of about six, what six thousand some dollars, and that doesn't seem like it's possible. That seems like inflation, and everything isn't about ticket prices. But I, I showed you earlier before, and I'll, I'll show folks who are, are watching us right now, in case they haven't seen it. This is this is admission to Disney World in nineteen seventy two. Uh, I'm going through a lot of my shit out in the garage, and this one popped up here. It was $5.75 to get into the Magic Kingdom. Uh, And by the way, right below the ticket price, it says in parentheses, a $9.55 value. So (laughs) you got a a deal. Uh, Now, to get into Disney World today, and again, they have so many iterations and so many tricks and wiggles and things. But they'll say that their list base price is $109, which nobody gets that. That's a fake price because they're doing dynamic pricing. And, and, and that would be just for like one park for one day. That isn't Epcot 
and all the others. So it's it's several hundred dollars really to get into Disney World now. Some you know uh, fifty years later, right? Fifty years later again, same problem. If if Disney World is let's just say one hundred and fifty right now, and it was five seventy five then. Okay, that's up by a factor of about times thirty. Well, regular well, regular inflation, right? Regular inflation makes that ticket, that thing that you just held up, forty bucks, for like almost forty one dollars. Yeah. There you go. That, yeah. So that that's the problem. It, 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 people but, notice it more when it seems that that it's out of step with with general prices. But the Ticketmaster is also one of the worst companies ethically, morally. I mean, in perpetuity, they're a horrible company that's been able to use people's passion for music and the artists very much are handcuffed by this. I understand. I get it. And people have tried and they just it can't be done. The Internet has been able to kill off all sorts of bastards like Ticketmaster Live Nation, but they have not been able to solve this. They've not. They've, in fact, the Internet's probably strengthened those companies and made them even more onerous, more punitive toward the American consumer. Right. No, no argument there. It, it, it's just I, uh, I, I'm just trying to make the point that uh, with Bruce Springsteen, it's no different. Can you tell me, did you see him in Richfield or did you see him in Columbus when you saw him in 77? Columbus. All right, there's Memorial Auditorium. So he started with Spirit in the Night, as you might recall. He went into It's My Life, the Animals Cover, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, Jungle Land, and he, fi- he finishes up with, uh, well, it doesn't finish up, but Born to Run is also in that set. Those are some of the songs that he played February the 16th of 1977 at Veterans Memorial Auditorium in Columbus, Ohio, Brad. There it is. Setlist.fm. If you've ever been to Setlist.fm to find out what you heard. Tell, do the uh, NFL streaming story, and then we'll get into the important stuff. Well, I think we should do, we should, before we get to that, we should do the why, why this summer marks the twilight. Oh, classic uh, rock! Yeah. Classic rock story, uh, and uh, this guy at uh, CNN has gone down the list of who's out there this summer. Of course, first you have Santana, who uh, collapsed from heat yeah, stroke, nearly died, uh, almost died. He's uh, seventy-four. Uh, Bob Dylan, eighty-one. Paul McCartney, eighty. Yeah. Uh, Brian Wilson, eighty. Uh, Mac, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, 78. Uh, Pete Townsend, 77. Roger Daltrey, 78. The Who. Eric Clapton's out there, 77. Rod Stewart, 77. Elton John, 75. Roger Waters, 78. And on and on it goes. See them while they're around. Yeah. See, see them while they're there. Tina Turner, uh, 82, Ringo Starr, 81. Um, Neil, did you see Neil Diamond actually uh, showed up and did uh, uh, Sweet Caroline at the ball? Where was it? Did he do? I think he did in Boston. He, he did come out. I have uh, a great to see. It was great to see him because I thought he was you know, really infirm and couldn't. I sort uh, of I sort of have a funny story about Neil Diamond. There's been a viral video about a guy doing a song called Wiggle Wiggle and people doing the Wiggle Wiggle dance. His name is Louis Theroux, and he's made a little bit of a two-minute rap song, and it's gone viral. In that song, he has, through the vo- the voice thing, they put a little effect on his voice, and he says the words, red, red wine. 
That song was written by Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond gets a royalty off of that. Just for him saying red, red wine takes about three seconds on the song. So Neil Diamond's still kind of relevant and on the charts, even at 22 in a viral TikTok video. Oh, so you're okay with Neil Diamond still making money off of that, but you can't stand TikTok. <laughs> Neil Diamond is getting a quarter of a penny off of every 5 million streams. And speaking of streams... NFL streaming. That's uh, that was your that was going to be your story there. Uh, yeah, this 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 looks like it's a, a kind of a big deal about to happen here. Uh, the the NFL. And now let me see if I can uh, move shit around here. And, and uh, for, there you go. There he found it. Brad found it. Brad, third person, third person. Brad found it. Uh, uh, no, third-person Brad didn't find him. Right? The NFL is now has its own streaming service, premiering on Monday. The NFL is launching NFL Plus, four ninety-nine a month or thirty-nine ninety-nine a year. A subject, a subscription will include all out-of-market preseason games, which was formerly available only with the subscription to Game Pass. Right. All right, but here, here's the bottom line. Without because the detail, the more you read it, the more confusing it kind of gets. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's really confusing. Um, and I, I understand this is all about gambling. That's all yes. this is about. Yes, which it's is about, that's we've only about. we've only seen the beginning of the gambling explosion. It's all, we've only seen the the four shocks of what is to come when it comes to gambling. And tell me if I'm right about this. The only thing now that matters to the NFL is the fourth quarter, and specifically the last five minutes of any game. And if a person has the ability to watch every game. All the time, anywhere, they will have a higher propensity to bet on that game and care about watching more of that game mm-hmm. because they have a financial stake in that game. And if you're, uh, if you're going it, with the assumption that somebody makes a bet and then that bet's going to just stay until the no, you can make bets in game based on how one team or another is doing. So they want you to watch right, right, first quarter, right. second quarter, the whole thing. But it all fits together in one seamless ball of uh, compulsive gambling. It's wonderful. It's great. It's America. Uh, and you know, Roger Goodell has flat out said, look, eventually uh, NFL is just going to be on fucking streaming platforms. It's going to be on Amazon or, or, or Apple or, or any, you know, the, well, the, the big one that they're looking at. The big one that they're looking at is Sunday ticket. The Sunday ticket rights are going to come up and Apple's going to pay an outrageous amount of money for the NFL Sunday ticket rights. And that's going to be, I mean, Apple's going to overpay to the, they could pay $5 billion a year for that, Brad. That's, that's basically what's going to happen coming up here fairly soon. It's going to knock your socks off when you see how much Apple pays for the NFL Sunday ticket. And you know what? Absolutely a hundred percent worth it. Defensible, great business decision. It, it, it'll be, it'll be amazing. Um, but just keep it in mind, Britt, Bruce Springsteen, greedy, the NFL, not. And nobody ever said that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Jones, perfectly reasonable when it comes to him screwing his customers. Uh, run, Joe, run, or quit, Joe, quit. It seems uh, to be a lot of, a, a big problem. I don't know if you saw the Washington Post did a great story about young Republic or run young Democrats, rather young Democrats in North Carolina. They kind of centered in and around the Research Triangle area, but they also had a guy who's part of the Young Democrats and the head of the Young Democrats at UNC Greensboro. And their basic tenet is 
they're they're sick of they can't they they got people out to vote in 2020. Part of the reason Joe Biden is in the White House and they the, the party has done nothing for them, so they're done. They're sick of it. They don't like the party, but they again they don't have a whole lot of alternatives. Does that sound familiar? Well, yeah. If if that if that stands, we're going to have a a Republican dictatorship for as long as we live, Britt. If, yeah. If, uh, if people, well, I don't care what their age is, if they were motivated to come out in 2020 to vote for Biden because Donald Trump and now Joe Biden with that massive, massive majority in the Senate. See, this is this is the, the worst part of, of media coverage of this story. And they they go along with it. It doesn't matter whether it's the New York Times, MSNBC, CNN, and then, of course, all the way over to the righties. They have their own version of this, which is the Democrats have the presidency, the House and the Senate, and they can't get anything done. They are failures. It's time for the Republicans to be given a chance to govern. They say it with a straight face. They say it as if it's a fact. And of course, it makes no sense. It's a, it's not. It's it's a fake fifty-fifty Senate, right? Because Joe Manchin votes constantly to fuck the Democratic way of thinking on all kinds of legislation. We know that, and it's not a Democratic Senate. Come on, who are we kidding here? It's not. A Democratic Senate would be 60 Democrats, real Democratic senators. Anything less than that is not really a Democratic Senate. It's almost that, because there are a lot of things you can do if you get more than 50. But they can't even get 50 because of Manchin and, at another level, Kristen Cinema of Arizona. But she's not as bad as he is. He's the worst. We know that. Um. So based on that, Joe Biden is a failure, he's a flop, he's old, he needs to go home. That's not really true. That's not really the reason he should go home. Allow me to, allow me to present a counter-argument. It's always, if you just give us two more senators, if you just can swing this district, if we could just win this state, if you could just give me another $20. And this happens over and over and over and over again, and when there are times for real change, Obviously, the, the, the Biden White House, I don't care. I don't care if you're the biggest Biden homer ever. They blew it when it came to the overturning of Roe versus Wade. They didn't have a plan. They weren't ready to go on day one, and they had a couple of months to look ahead to it, and they absolutely 100% blew it. They were not ready to go on that, and that pissed off a lot of people. Oh, they did, well, hang on. They didn't have the rhetorical flourish and the speechifying ready to go at how outrageous it was. That's true. It took about two weeks to, to, to start rolling. But substantially, there's nothing that can be done right now. It doesn't matter how ready they should have been and maybe weren't because we knew this decision. Was, it, it does not matter. That's not the point. I mean, what, what would you like Joe Biden to have done? What could he have done differently to make things substantially different 
Well, the right executive, the executive order, state the, by state. Hang on, the, state the, by state, they're the passing all these bullshit laws. The, the, again, you go you go to war with these states, and you have your Merrick Garland say, "If women go out of state for abortions, we will we will not let states prosecute that. That's going to be illegal. That's the federal government, and you can't do that." That's one of the things you do. The executive order that he ended up just signing last week, which again doesn't do a lot, but does do something, could have been could have been signed well within the first few hours of this happening. There could have been resources on the ground all over the place to help out folks as far as this fight goes. There could the party, He could have been a leader of the party, for one thing, and it seems like he failed at that. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. But the answer to that cannot be, I'm staying home, let's no. get Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump back in the presidency. <laughs> and then we'll have something to really bitch about. That makes no sense. That makes makes no sense. This is... Uh, Joe Biden, this is the old, uh, uh, let's make uh, perfect the enemy of the possible. Here's what, uh, here, here's what. Are, 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 the possibilities are very, very small without having uh, a majority in the Senate that means anything. It here's what legislation through. Mitch McConnell is the fucking problem. It's not Joe Biden. It's here's, Mitch fucking McConnell. Here's what a lot of, here's what I think a lot of young people see. And I think maybe even people that are not that young see. Here's Donald Trump. He gets four years in office. He promises this, 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 and this. They got the fucking judges, right? They got judges all over the place. That's still ramming right up our ass. They got all sorts of shit that they wanted. Fuck, they overturned Roe versus Wade. They were able to get all sorts of things for their voters. He was delivering on promises. By the way, that fucked up America. The only thing he really didn't get done was that wall. They're still they're still pissed off about that fucking wall. But he delivered on on all kinds of shit because the Republicans were able to lockstep get shit done. And the Democrats are over here going, we contribute, we march, we organize, we turn out the vote. What what's going on? And it's always I need one more. I need one more of this. I need another 20 bucks of this. I need you to get out on the streets. I need five more voters. It's always this shit. It's very frustrating. Okay, so frustration cannot be answered by apathy and no. giving the keys back to Donald Trump. That can't be the answer. That, that, that just can't possibly be the answer. Uh, I mean, it's, it's easy to say, and, and you know, Joe Biden is kind of guilty of uh, letting you know the things that he can't do with a stroke of a pen or he can't do just by executive order. He, he goes by the book. He follows the rules. He's not a thug. He's not an authoritarian like Trump was. So if you'd like to admire that style of governing and you wish it to be back in, then no matter what Joe Biden decides, fuck him. I'm sitting home. I mean, that, that can't. That can't be the answer. It's difficult uh, to articulate. And by, the, by the way, you know, we can sit here and say, well, if Cal Cunningham could have kept yeah. his dick in his pants yeah. and not used it to uh, to punch out uh, uh, digits on his cell phone, uh, there would be one more Democratic <laughs> it's senator. It's like the, like the first fucking talk show you get you get invited on. All of a sudden, you you just see who you can nail. Come on, just keep it. Yeah, keep it in your pants till after the election, Cal. At least give us a minute so you can actually vote on something in the United States Senate. It'd be, it'd be nice if you could get there. For, for folks, for folks who don't live in North Carolina, don't know what we're talking about. The the Senate race in 2020 was a mortal lock for the Democrat that was running. 
a guy named Cal Cunningham. He was right out of central casting. Military oh, my God. Background. Oh, good looking guy. Family. Oh, my God. The kids were out of fucking. You couldn't have gone to Hollywood and cast better looking children. And, and the Republican senator, the incumbent at the time, Tom Tillis, was a nobody. He's a nothing. He's a he's a, a North Carolina legislative hack who got elected to the Senate six years previous and should have been a one termer. Yeah. And the, the gift of a, of a scan, a stupid ass. It really wasn't a scan, but doesn't matter. It was enough of a scandal that uh, uh, Cal's Cal's character was uh, brought into question. And uh, well, I was going to vote for a Democrat, but I, I'm yeah. going to vote for Tom fucking Tillis and make Joe Biden's life miserable and the Democrats life impossible Boy, we showed them. You should see. That's what happens, Britt. That's a perfect example of of Democrats right here where we are, uh, not showing enough enthusiasm right. and not doing what you just said, which is Republicans don't. They'll put up with any kind of shit and make sure their people get in there so they can pass the kind of horse shit that they want. But Democrats, no, no, we have to have Al Franken resign. We oh. we can't elect Cal Cunningham. We have to do all that kind of shit. So I also, you know, I also, level, you're totally right. You're totally right. I also want to be careful because I don't want to be like, well, I really admire the Republican for standing like by people like Roy Moore. Roy Moore could nail a 13 year old right in front of him. And they still go. The, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it seems well, like. But I'm, but in general, in general, scandal is no no barrier, and Donald Trump. Lowered that bar to the point where there's almost nothing you can do. Oh, it's well below. If you're a Republican, I mean, yeah. look at these people that are running across the country. This should, on paper, allow the Democrats to, to pick up a seat or two or three. If that is, idiot yeah. out in Missouri, that Eric Grydens, the guy who's already been kicked out of office once, the fucking guy's nuts, and, and, and he could be the nominee, Right. And, well, but it's not. It's, it's even Pennsylvania. Same thing. Yeah, Doctor Oz and Herschel Walker and J.D. Vance. Thank God for the self-immolation of the Republican Party. Thank God that they're pulling see, the pin themselves. We, we can't be sure of that, Britt. We cannot. I, I, you are you going to bet that that uh, two out of those three lose? I don't think. I, I, I don't think Oz is going anywhere. It looks like J.D. Vance is in the middle of, of Clueless City. The one that bothers me is, is Georgia. That, sh that race should be that should be at least a 50-point lead for uh, Reverend Warnock right now. Yeah. I mean, it should be. And I, and I do think Herschel Walker – I don't know. I think I think all three of them could go, but things are going to have to break right. It's always like things are going to have to break right. Again, you're going to have to get the, the voter enthusiasm. I mean, if you tried to articulate the victories for the Biden administration – they're just not that sexy on paper. You can make the case, and I think it's fairly simple, and I think it's almost self-evident. When the Trump administration left office, they had no plan whatsoever on rolling out that vaccine across America. None, zip, full stop. That administration picked it up, got the vaccine in people's arms all right. across this country, and they brought the economy back. Now, right. but is that sexy? Really, that, you know, that was last year. Right, but the problem is if, if the Biden administration – tells you things like that they get no credit for doing what you're just supposed to do the trump administration and donald trump were such outlier idiots incompetence that just doing the right thing yeah. the normal thing becomes oh, okay so you did that oh so finally you know the vaccine got out there oh, it was supposed to get out there big deal 
But to the media, Joe Biden is just a guy that nags you into wearing a mask. I mean, that's how it's portrayed to to so many people. Right. He's not the guy that's cut. He's cut like he's done all of this stuff. The economy came roaring back from uh, that horrible uh, 2020. The jobs were created. Jobs did. It doesn't even matter. The price of gas. They still think most people would tell you if you if you just looked at the media. And you just looked at what, what people were bitching about on Facebook. Do you think the price of gas was averaging four dollars and fifty cents across America right now? You'd think that that's what the average was. You would not know that it's been going down day after day after day for a while now. It's, I know, but th- the problem with that is that there's there's always you know, Freddy Krueger lingering in the back. When is it going to turn back up? Yeah, this can't be permanent. Well, plus there's, there's a, still there's still an energy problem in the world. The Russians are still fucking with with natural gas in europe they're still messing with oil so whatever you're seeing right now if it is going down it very well could be not the result and it isn't really the result of joe biden's policies any more than it was the result of joe paul joe biden's policies that went up but okay we'll pretend for for a second here that uh some of the things that joe biden did releasing some oil from the strategic oil uh reserve that made some kind of difference on the margins and prices have been have been going down. But the real reason they're going down probably is because the oil markets and the traders are seeing a slowdown in economic activity overall, which means a lower demand mm-hmm. for oil and petroleum and gasoline products. And mm-hmm. therefore, the price drops because suddenly the supply gets closer to uh uh, reaching that level that, that you need to, to keep prices more stable, but you don't get any credit for that. And if uh, there's a recession, don't worry, the price of gasoline will go way down. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's, and that's hard to sell. Like, what? Hey, so good, don't you think, don't you think we can live with three fifty gas? Well, yeah, but I it's also, it's like with three fifty gas. It's also kind of hard to put out the, Hey guys, good news. Gas is coming down. Bad news. We're looking at possibly a worldwide recession. All right, everybody, get back to work. I mean, that's a little tough. That's a little harsh, right? You're not gonna say, nobody's going to say that. No, but it looks like that's everybody around the world. No matter where you look, it looks like economic slowdown is a real, real thing. And then you start looking longingly and sadly back at 2008, 2009. Now, I don't know if it's going to be anything like that. But again, people get itchy. People have, have short memories until they have long memories. Right, Brad? Well, yeah, uh, uh, there are so many. And I, I probably spend too much time reading good stuff and bad stuff about the economy. There, there are some good things that are that are happening, but they're outweighed for the most part by really scary stuff. I mean, when you hear, and, and this happened last week, uh, AT and T, which they are the largest carrier of the uh, the three major. Uh, uh, wireless companies, AT&T, Verizon, and, and uh, T-Mobile. Uh, they have the most customers, and they put out their earnings last week, and they they uh, said, well, they're about a billion dollars shorter than they wanted to be, smaller than they want. Why is that? Because people aren't paying their bills on time. Wow. The, think about that, Britt. If, if paying your mobile phone bill isn't a priority right now that you have to let that one run. That's a real problem. I would have thought that'd be the first thing on, on people's lists who are short 
of of it. You, know, you got to get that down. You got to have a phone to exist in America right now. You can't not pay your phone bill. But apparently, a lot of people aren't paying. And then another thing, the number of cars being repossessed. Oh God, is through the roof. The repo man is back in business. Wow. Big time. Huge. Um, and that's a real, real negative sign that people overextended themselves in the last few years. And, and this is not just with new cars. This is more with used cars. Right. People taking out loans to buy used cars. And you know this. If you get a loan to buy a used car, the interest rate can be anything. It's, it's, if you get a used car loan from Charlie's used car lot down on the corner. Well, yeah. Who knows? And, and you're there's, not, a, yeah. there's a story I read. There's a person that's paying a 26% interest on their car loan. And as a result, the $20,000 car that they bought, uh, if they were to pay it off at the end, would end up costing them 20000 plus about 19000 in interest. Double the price. You can't you can't live that way. So no. I'm sure that the person is going to just eat it and 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 lose whatever they put into the car, the two thousand dollar down payment, and off you go. The the dealer or whoever repossesses the car, they get it back. And they get to resell it again. So the the obvious answer is get into the repo business. It's huge right now. Um, but those are bad signs, Britt. Those are the no. signs of an economy fraying along the edges, where people got overconfident this isn't like the housing bubble of 2006 2007 no it's not that bad but it's close it can be close and i don't know what the story is on on new car or, or car loans where you have to show some kind of it was, they did the uh, no income no job here's the loan kind of stuff with cars they probably did they probably they'll did. they'll try to they'll, they'll try to finance you at i mean there there's some of them that'll go six years some of them will go. I don't. I don't know if anybody goes seven, but they'll try to get you into a six-year loan if you're not smart. But there's Brett. I'll bet there's somebody doing eight. God Almighty! You have to be. You have to be a very savvy consumer, and you have to keep track of what your credit score is because that's going to be directly impactful of what kind of interest rate you're paying. And if you don't know that, then you got to figure it out. Uh, you can do either the editorials or the Al Gore story, and then we'll we'll say goodbye for today. Yeah. Um, let's do the, uh, let's do the editorials. You may have heard that, uh, yeah. over the weekend, yeah. the two, the two Rupert Murdoch twins, the New York post and the wall street journal, both wrote scathing editorials about Donald Trump. Um, uh, both of them were clean and quick and to the point he is just an unfit oaf who sat there and twiddled and diddled and daddled and doodled. Although the, uh, the, the technical, the technical term on this can't be that he did nothing during those three. And because the problem is he did something. That's the, what he did was horrible. It isn't that he did nothing. He did worse than nothing, which is he affirmatively made things worse, right? He's on the mm. phone, right? Calling up, um, you know, great people like Rudy Giuliani and, and and folks of that sort. And so anyway, but the point is that the New York Post, which has been for the most part in the tank for Donald Trump forever, Rupert Murdoch, and same with the Wall Street Journal, uh, for the most part, very defensive of Trump, 
they have at least on their editorial page this weekend today, they've turned on him. What does that mean in the larger scheme of things? The answer is right now, nothing until you have the primetime lineup on Fox say the same thing. Right. They're also Rupert Murdoch owned and operated human beings, and they're sticking with the program, getting even worse about it. They're, they're making excuses. They're, they're making fun of the, of the hearings. You, you know the story. And, of course, they didn't, run the, uh, they didn't run the hearings live on Thursday night. Oh, but they ran it on Fox Business. What about that? They ran it. No, that's not the same thing, you asshole. That's not the same thing. Uh-uh, uh-uh. They gave their people an alternative, a comfort alternative of bullshit instead of the hearings. So the fact that they, they put it over on, on Fox Business, it means nothing, zero, nada. It's like putting the baseball game on ESPN 7. Okay, <laughs> I don't get 7. I never watch 7. What is 7? That's the same thing. So please don't don't tell us that they really did run it. Um, so these these two papers say that, and but they left themselves actually, if you read them, no room to come back and then say, "But I'd vote for him again in November." However, I would submit to you, no matter how well written, how forceful they were in these editorials that they would still not vote or urge their readers to vote for the Democrat in November against Donald Trump. I don't believe it yet, Britt. Are you sold? No, no I'm not, not sold. Yeah, I'm not sold. I don't know. I mean, if, I, if, if in a primary situation, would they uh, would Wall Street Journal endorse somebody else? Well, prim- uh, yeah, primary probably. is easy. Primary yeah. is easy to endorse. But boy, you know, Britt, Anything is worse than another four years of of Joe Biden or any other. Anything is better than that. Even Donald Trump. We had our reservations about Donald Trump and expressed so back in uh, 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 July of uh, 2022. However, due to circumstances right now, the Democratic failure to blah, blah, blah has made it. And we, with reservations, urge you to vote for Donald Trump. You can just see it. You yeah. can see it coming out. They're full of shit. You can't believe a Murdoch publication. Can you? Well, can in great you? in great measure, a Murdoch publication just took down uh, Donald Trump's twin, Vince McMahon. So I don't know. Anything can happen. <laughs> well, that story, that story was going to get out whether they were the ones that had it first. They, but they, they were the ones that were the lead dogs and they were the ones that kept attacking and they gave it, they amplified it to the hilt. They did some really good reporting and there's probably some other shit that's left to come. And they were really in great measure, a real reason that Vince McMahon retired, quote unquote, retired, Braddy retired on <laughs> Friday. <laughs> All right, now, now, let, let me just throw one more into the mix here. And wait, let's you know what? Let's save all the wrestling stuff for Monday, okay? We can for Tuesday. Let's save that. We'll save all the wrestling stuff for Monday because you know, with a couple days ahead of us here, things could get interesting. Yeah, because this could be a really fast-moving story, don't you think? Oh yeah, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. All right. So the L.A. Times, which is uh, not—I wouldn't call them quite the uh, as, as liberal as the New York Times or 
uh, or the Washington Post editorially, but they're still pretty left. Uh, They wrote what I think may be the best editorial about Trump of them all. And they really make the case and they argue against some of the um, objections that have been raised here. And uh, let me just, uh, they go through the things that that we know and they make the point that anyone that says, look, uh, uh, you can't do this. This has never been done before. This would be extraordinary. This, they make, look, Donald Trump did things that were so extraordinarily bad that they have to be met with extraordinary measures. And you, like you said earlier in this uh, podcast, if the other team is just not playing by the rule book, right? And you sit there and play by Marcus of Queensbury rules, you're going to get your ass kicked. So here's what the LA Times said. One of the arguments against prosecuting Trump is that it violates American norms because impeachment by Congress is the proper venue for holding a president accountable, not a criminal courtroom, and the Senate failed to muster the two-thirds majority required to find him guilty of inciting an insurrection. This is a flimsy argument. Trump's misconduct took place in the period between losing the election and inciting the riot. By that point, only two weeks remained of his presidency, so Congress didn't have time to mount a thorough impeachment proceeding with the benefit of the evidence the House panel has gathered over the last year and a half. Besides, Trump's entire political persona, from his campaign through his presidency, was about breaking norms. Why would it be taboo now to take an unprecedented step in response to unprecedented conduct? It is not. It is not taboo. I think that is the point. I think yeah. that it, the, yeah. that, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the simple way to, to explain it to uh, Fred down at the end of the bar is that not prosecuting Trump will be worse for the country in the short and long term than prosecuting him. Not prosecuting is more dangerous because it really does give a green light, not just to a second Trump presidency, but anybody down the road that the floor has been set. This is what you can do. You can go this low. You can do this, 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 and you will never be prosecuted because Merrick Garland, the unwritten Merrick Garland rule, which uh, Mitch McConnell Jr. running the the, uh, Senate 50 years from now would say, the Mitch McConnell rule, which was uh, uh, expressed through Merrick Garland, who was not even of the same party, uh, which is kind of an arbitrary rule about timing of nominating Supreme Court justices, prosecuting dishonest presidents who tried to incite a riot and, and, and cause a coup and overturn an election. Those are just unwritten rules, but you can't break them. And that would be the precedent that would be set here by Merrick Garland if he just you know comes out and says, we have a lot of things, but we just don't think we can, we can nail him. Um, and, and he could get saved by Georgia anyway, the state of Georgia, what they're doing there. Because uh, that, that that Fanny, uh, what's her name, Fanny Willis? What's her yeah. last name? Yeah. She, she ain't taking no shit. <laughs> she ain't taking no shit, you know. And it just figures the, the poetic justice of it took a strong, brilliant, courageous black woman right. to kick Donald Trump's ass in the end. You know what? I wouldn't have a problem with that. Even if Merrick Garland 
uh, you know, folded and, 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 and went away and said, I, I can't get it. If it was her and the state of Georgia and that that recording of Trump saying, just find me 1180 more votes. If that what does it, if that's the smoking gun equivalent to the Nixon Watergate tapes, so be it. 